0: This is a maximum security prison and you have no weapons of any kind?
1: We have some carving knives in the abattoir, a few more in the mess hall, some fire axes scattered about the place, nothing terribly formidable. That's all? We're on the honor system. Then we're fucked. Welcome to the Review to Death Podcast, I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. Tonight we are watching Alien 3, a movie that I remembered hating as a kid, and pretty much the only time I've seen this.
0: Yeah, a movie I remember liking more than most as a kid, and this is uh, one of several times I've seen this, but again, not for, for many years, At least it's been at least a decade for me again.
1: And we watched the 2003 Assembly Cut, at which... <laughs> <laughs> this movie a whopping two hours and twenty-four minutes.
0: Which which might have been a mistake in retrospect. It's
1: so long.
0: Yeah, because uh man, Aliens Three is is pretty deliberate pretty deliberately paced anyway, to begin with. And yeah, this movie just just adds more you know, quiet moments, which uh <laughs> I don't know. I guess watching it tonight, I don't think it needs more quiet moments.
1: As I said, I've only seen this movie once, and I'm pretty certain of that. I think I only watched it on video because uh, I didn't go see this in the theater. And I don't remember it enough to really you know, compare fairly, but I will say that two hours and 24 minutes of this movie is way too much for me.
0: It's a lot. Man, I guess we should just get into it. It's, It's, you know, this movie... You know, it takes place. Uh, you know, after obviously aliens. You know, aliens. Where uh, you know, at the end of that movie, we saw Ripley, Corporal Hicks, and Newt go into uh, stasis. You know, much like we saw Ripley go into stasis uh, with Jonesy at the end of the first Alien. If you love those characters, uh, specifically talking about Hicks and Newt, which um, oh, you're gonna get a yeah. quite a jarring beginning to this movie.
1: Because they crash land on a planet called Fury 161, which is a penal colony filled with 25 prisoners that are all male. Yeah, all all guest
0: shaped heads.
1: And they're all violent criminals of some sort, for the most part. Murders, rapists, you know, child abusers, things like that. And did they specify how long after Aliens this takes place?
0: Uh, they didn't and i honestly i couldn't find anything about how uh how long they were out there for before they uh crash landed on on fury
1: so they find ripley on the beach i think this was after the crash land they find ripley on the beach and i'm pretty sure this is uh there's a little bit more here you know with the added stuff from the director's cut and you you find out right away and and i know this soured a lot of people on the movie, including yours truly, is that the reason they crashed is because there was a egg on board and both Newt and Hicks were, or maybe not Hicks, but definitely Newt was infected by this alien and... Then drown, and then Hicks was impaled by a piece of the ship as they were coming down. so long story short, Hicks and Newt are dead, so these two characters that you absolutely adored from aliens uh and we talked about it last time, like I wanted to be Hicks, and now, at the very beginning of the movie, you don't even see him, they don't have any lines, they're dead, they're gone. That's it.
0: yeah, uh, Hicks is just a bloody mess uh yeah, he's been crushed by like a like a like a beam of some kind. And then, uh, I, I don't think Newt was infected. I think she just like drowned in her pod because of this malfunction that this, uh, you know, this face hugger caused. Cause the only, the only person that, as we find out, has been impregnated is, is Ripley. Hicks is dead. Newt is dead right away. And I remember as a kid, uh, because again, I watched this way too young. I remember I, I, I remember, you know, having loved aliens, loved aliens, like, again, even at that early uh, stage in my life, I was uh, super psyched for more adventures of uh, Hicks and Ripley and Newt. And, uh, man, when I saw that they were just, you know, murdered off screen at the beginning of this movie, it was, it put me in a funk. I'll say that much.
1: Ripley got infected by an alien queen. Other well, it's alien- like
0: a it's like a special face hugger, right? It's a it's a, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a alien queen face hugger. It's a they they actually they look different. They're like all black. Yeah. Anyway,
1: and there is one other alien in the movie that actually you know gets birthed, if you will. But uh, this was changed in the director's cut as well, where it's in the original. It came out of a dog. This one comes out of a cow.
0: Yeah, it's like an, or an ox, ox or yeah. some damn thing. I don't know. It's not like a normal creature, but they have yeah, they have they have like these oxen on on this penal colony, and uh, one of them just kind of falls over dead, and then they they drag its carcass into the uh you know into the facility where you know of course it it gets chest bursted, and it's a it's a different looking alien too.
1: Yeah, I and mean, this would be the time to talk about the fact that for Alien Three they were able to bring back H R. Gager to do some design.
0: They, you know they brought him back and I you know I I I watched most of this this making of documentary there's a lot out there for Aliens 3 and I, I if anyone's out there that is interested in behind the scenes stuff I highly recommend it because uh Aliens 3 was a uh by all accounts kind of a nightmare to work on and for the most part the uh the product that they came up with people weren't happy with nobody was more unhappy with the product than HI uh Gager. He showed up. He was hired for a month to to you know sketch up some redesigns, which he did. He was uh, very enthusiastic <laughs> in the documentary. He the guy's great. I love watching him. He's he you know he shows off all these sketches that he did. It turns out they only used one of his designs, which was they ended up calling it the um, the Bambi Burster. So <laughs> basically, when the alien comes out of this ox, comes out of it, and it ends up uh, looking kind of like Bambi, like it's unstable on its legs. Uh, And then it kind of scampers away. And And then the this
1: is more director's cut stuff because they definitely CG'd up this alien. And uh, as Luke and I noticed throughout the movie, they they actually did put a lot of like CG alien shit running around. And some of it looks okay, and a lot of it doesn't.
0: This first one, this probably is the best one. Uh, When the when the alien first comes out of the ox, it looks looks great. There's yeah, there's scenes coming up where. You know they still got the man in a suit, and that still looks awesome. They got the animatronic, you know, the the teeth and mouth that are controlled practically, and that looks great. But uh, man, there's a lot of stuff in here. There, you know, it's this is 1992, you know, stuff that they filmed, and then they touched it up in 2000 and you know early 2000s to make it look presentable for this uh, the special edition. And just some of it just doesn't gel.
1: The next good part of this movie is. Just exposition. And I know in the assembly cut, they added more scenes in to give more of a backstory of these prison inmates and also like their religious journey, which, you know, Luke and I decided that we didn't really need in the first place.
0: No, I agree. The, the, the leader of, or the religious leader of, of these prisoners is a guy named Dylan. He's played by um, Charles S. Dutton, who, uh, who played, um, you know rock on the tv show rock back in the early 90s for those who actually remember that probably yep. is nobody listened to this i used to watch uh,
1: rock and then in living color man i remember that
0: yeah i did too it's kind of funny that we both watched that stuff that's that's awesome this is before uh, we knew each other by the way before we knew each other that's right and um yeah i used to, i used to, i used to also used to watch uh martin you ever watch martin oh yeah i watched a lot of martin <laughs> martin yeah it was great i love he's
1: martin. a man <laughs>
0: It was awesome, man. Love watching that stuff. Anyway, yeah, Dylan is the uh, the r- religious re- uh, leader of these of these guys. I, you know, they they uh, found God at the edge of the universe, or however they you know they say it. He speaks with uh, a lot of passion about God, and uh, a lot of the stuff was excised for the theatrical cut. And uh, again, having watched the assembly cut as it's called tonight,
1: I can kind of see why it just makes the movie drag. The the biggest problem I had tonight while watching is that. Anytime that there was some sort of action sequence involving the alien and some things going on, it got stopped dead in its tracks by more of this exposition. That well,
0: yeah, you'd get an impassioned speech by Dylan about <laughs> the grindering to a halt, right?
1: Yeah, it, it just, and it just like, you would be like, okay, that was good. And then, oh, here's another like 15 minutes of talking. You know, like after you were ready, you were already primed for more alien, you know, shenanigans. You get more talking. And it's not just Dylan. It's it's. Oh, it's everybody. They have more of this other guy named Golic, who turns out to have like some, you know, like he calls the alien a dragon. But he also puts on like this divine presence to it and lets it out of this trap that they had had it in. You know? Yeah, which on the one hand. Well, man, I didn't really understand what was going on.
0: I mean, I, I, I kind of get it in the fact that, okay, so you have these, you know, they're these, you know, reformed quote unquote, you know, murderers and rapists, which I'm, I'm putting that in quotes because there's a scene where at least three of them or four of them try to gang rape uh, Ripley, which doesn't go well for them. I guess Golik is the flip coin of that, is if you become a, you know, religious zealot. That's kind of what can happen to you because he ends up like worshiping this uh, this alien, basically. Which, by the way, all of, none of this stuff is in the theatrical cut. This is all added. So it's if you have if you've only seen the theatrical cut, yeah, you're missing out on all this weirdness.
1: During this time, the other thing that gets established is Ripley's, you know, sort of relationship with this guy named Clemens, played by Charles Dance of Tywin Lannister fame. He's a very young man, which freaked me out a little bit. I wasn't used to seeing him so young after just watching him in Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, and he's great. He's he's actually uh I mean if, I would argue he's one of the best things about this movie. It's uh, Ripley. Well, he's and, just uh, a really you know,
1: good actor in general.
0: He is. He's a great actor. Ripley and Clemens' relationship is fantastic. Plus, you know, we don't get to see it, but uh you know, they she, Ripley finally hooks up, man. Fuck yeah.
1: I don't think I saw that. I don't remember that being in the theatrical version. I either. think it's in there. I th- think I'm pretty sure
0: that's in there. I'm almost positive it was because I remember even as a kid, I'm like,
1: when I first started to understand what sex was, I'm like, man, I'm glad Ripley got some sex. A lot of this movie is taken up by this stuff, especially the assembly cut really made the movie drag for me, you know, and it's interspersed with this stuff that, you know, that was in the theatrical version there's you know like luke got it really excited when they were uh as he put it home in it for the alien they're setting up some traps but again that one got stopped by some more you know exposition that we didn't need
0: well yeah there's there's two parts in the movie where they, they try to set up traps for for this one alien and uh you got to remember that it's uh so it's 25 guys and but you know by this you know they're They keep getting killed off. They they all pretty much look exactly the same. They're all a bunch of guys with shaved heads. And then at this point, Ripley, too, has a shaved head because uh, of lice. They
1: come up with the the worst plans that that you could ever imagine.
0: Right. Well, I mean, the plans are, I mean, whatever. But it doesn't matter because these guys are just a bunch of fucking knuckleheads. You know, they're they're a bunch of prisoners and, you know, murderers and rapists with low IQs and uh the first plan goes you know tits up because uh yeah as they're trying to set up this trap to burn the alien one guy drops a lighter well, granted the alien kind of like you know made him drop the the lighter and so a bunch of guys die in that plan and then later near the end of the movie they uh try a different plan when they try to lure the alien into um uh this like area where they can pretty much dump a bunch of molten lead on it because this Penal Colony is also like a factory, so they, you know, they're, I don't know, they're making things, or they're melting metal, that's what they're doing.
1: So, yeah, this is getting towards the end of the movie, and Dylan and Ripley are leading the alien into, you know, like, the forge, the mold, where they put this molten lead, and this is where, you know, Dylan sort of sacrifices himself so that the alien will stay down there.
0: Yeah, and it's a great scene. It's a great scene.
1: This is a good one, you know, Dylan goes out fighting, he's yelling, and, you know, then... Morse, which is one of the other inmates that's left over that you actually learn the name of, and uh, Ripley are able to uh, drop this, you know, this container of molten lead down on Dylan and the alien. Yeah,
0: they basically they, they drown it, drown it in molten lead, and uh, you know, just you know, classic horror trope. Just when you think it's you know it's dead, he jumps out of the molten lead. And it's uh, you know, Morse is yelling at Ripley like, "Hey, it's you know, it's it's you know, it's piping hot. Pour some water on it." And uh, you know, Ripley, who again is on un- un- borrowed time at this point, because you know she she's had this kind of a what do you call it, a- a- an MRI or a CAT scan done, ultrasound, whatever, uh, with uh, you know, this guy's name is uh, Aaron, uh, who is a assistant warden, he- so she knows for sure she's impregnated. Right. So she 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 jumps and then pours water on this alien because he went from super hot to all of a sudden having cold water poured on him, he just explodes. It was just a cool scene.
1: Yeah, no, and it and it held up. I mean, there was a a bit like CGI scene that looked a little rough, but then they kept the like the explosion effect, the practical explosion effect.
0: Yeah, no, it looked it looked good. It it looked really good, and then uh and Yutani show up because the, they're there specifically for the alien.
1: Right, and uh Bishop shows up now, this is not the Android Bishop from aliens. We saw him earlier when Ripley sort of dragged him off of the you know the trash heap after the crash and you know plugged him back in. There's another bit of sadness into this movie Luke, <laughs> Luke describes uh, alien three as just being sadness it's it
0: is alien it, it should just be called aliens sadness it's <laughs> it's. It's just, it's just, you know, you start, you start the movie, Newton, Hicks are dead and you're like, oh, oh no. And then they bring back Bishop for a minute, but he's all fucked up. It's basically just like, he's like half a head, but he's like a really cool animatronic. So she's like talking to Bishop and Bishop is like, I hurt, I heard everywhere. Just, just disconnect me. I can't, I can't go on. So she's like, well, whatever. She disconnects him. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah,
1: there that goes again too. Yeah.
0: And then, and then you see Bishop at the end, but it's not a good Bishop. He's like evil Wayland, you know, Bishop. Human like, Bishop. Fucking damn it!
1: <laughs> yeah, he's human Bishop. The person, you know, he designed the androids off of him. And it's of still, course,
0: it's still Lance. It's still Lance yeah, Hendrickson. Yeah, is,
1: is. And they want the alien inside of Ripley, and they're telling her that you know, just a couple hours, we'll cut it out. You can yeah. go on and have a, you can go on and have a family. You can have a rest <laughs> of your life, which we know is not fucking true
0: they're lying badly <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> yeah it's like oh it'll be a quick two hour procedure you'll be in and out just like that
0: yeah so then at this point you have uh, ripley and morse and then you have uh you know aaron who they by the way they've been nicknaming 85 because that's apparently what his IQ is uh and then they all kind of look at each other like oh yeah ripley was was right these guys are just uh, you know they're full of shit and uh Aaron tries to to help Ripley and they shoot him dead, which again sadness Morse helps Ripley they shoot him in the knee but uh he gets her to where she needs to be and then we get the uh the climactic uh scene that I remember this movie for
1: yeah it's the the one that you do know this for cuz it's got so many you know good shots that came out of it which they fucking changed but uh it Ripley throws herself into the furnace you know burns herself rather than turn over, you know, the alien to the Weyland-Nutani uh, corporation, she kills herself. And, you know, it's the one where she, like, sort of just falls slow motion into the, you know, the burning, you know, molten lead, mo- you know, metal, whatever's down there. But in the assembly cut, they, they changed it. You know, they, they they made the shot closer of her, and it looks a little bit more fake and not as realistic.
0: Yeah, this was definitely not needed, This little this little change here. Man, it's still effective. Ripley just kind of like she, she, you know, throws her arms up to the side, and she takes a like a, a swan dive backwards into the, you know, the the liquid metal as uh you know, Elliot Goldenthal's score like swells. It's really good. It's actually I looked it up. It's uh it's basically it's called *Aliens* three Adagio uh and it's uh man it's great it's one of the things i actually have remembered even since i was a kid like the the music is is so good at this point it's again sadness uh hardcore sadness because you're seeing ripley now from you know three movies now that she's you know killing herself and wait was i did i remember this wrong or did we in this cut did the queen rip out of her chest or does she just fall into the lava and die? She
1: just fell into the lava. I do seem to remember at some point seeing the thing come out of her chest.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. In theatrical cut as she's falling into the, the lava or liquid metal, whatever the queen does burst out of her chest before she dies. And she actually hangs onto it by the tail. Now that I'm thinking about it, I
1: don't know why. Why the fuck did they cut that out? That was a great scene. I don't know. Just don't watch the assembly cut. Just watch the theatrical cut, or don't watch it at all. I mean, I still can say that I don't really like this movie. But that being said, there are some good things, and one of the great things for me is that man, this movie is fucking gory as hell.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, you know, as violent as the first two movies were, and they are violent. Aliens three. It doesn't matter which uh. Uh, you know, version you watch, you are going to be treated to some pretty uh, pretty amazing uh, practical gore effects. They're 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 there and they're they're in your face.
1: Yeah, no, they're um, I was actually a little bit surprised tonight because it had been a while since I saw it. As I said, (laughs) a couple times already, Uh, I didn't remember it being as graphic as it as it was. Well,
0: they're very splattery. They're very splattery. Uh, especially that first kill when the alien like I don't know like pushes that guy into the spinning fan. fan. Yeah. He just Pitch explodes. That's him, probably yeah. that's probably the the highlight as far as gore goes. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff too.
1: Oh, there, Clemens, uh, uh, Charles Dance, Clemens character, who's made out to be a big character, actually gets killed pretty early on in the movie. You you get a pretty close up shot of the alien. <laughs> Let me get you with my little mouth. The alien little mouth <laughs> is shooting into his uh into his skull, uh, which happens right before you know the other iconic shot from this movie. Uh, which is all over the trailers and all over the posters where it has, you know, Ripley turned to the side, you know, grimacing and the alien faces right up against her.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was a parody in the great show, The Critic. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Where the little elegant mouth comes out and gives a little kiss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know there's a lot of good, like, splattery gore in this uh, this movie. And I mean, it, it, it looks great. I mean, it looks really good. It's very atmospheric, got a very gothic vibe, which is what they were going for, even in the original versions of this movie, which we'll get to in a second. Very, everything is low angles, which was like a, you know, this is David Fincher's first movie, by the way. He was like a, you know, commercial and music video director before this. Man, he walked into a fucking shit show as far as productions go. But uh, I think he did the best he could with what he was given.
1: I think so, too. You can definitely see the talent behind the camera, you know, the guy that would go on to do seven and panic room and uh, fight club fight club. Yeah, you can definitely see that the talent is there. But again, you know, he he was not going to win this one. You know, this script had been been rewritten so many times by almost 10 different people. Uh, from what I could, I've could i read is that the set was constantly hostile because there was always, you know, like company people there, like looking over his shoulder.
0: David Fincher, uh, he was a 30-year-old guy, which blows my mind because, you know, I'm 40 and I, I can't even imagine like walking into the situation. But when Aliens 3, the production of Aliens 3 began... They they were already on like two or three different directors. Rennie Harlan from uh, Die Hard, Two Cliffhanger, Long Kiss Goodnight, Deep Blue Sea, Fame. He started out uh, as the uh, the first director. He was going to set the the movie on on either on Earth or he wanted it on on the alien planet. Which either of those two things would have been cooler than what we saw today. <laughs> David Towey was the second director. He, he quit because they're like, we're not budging. We're gonna, we're gonna do the same. Wasn't it the that the guy that did
1: uh, Pitch Black movies with uh, exactly? Vin exactly. Yep. Yeah, yep. Those he's, those the, are he's pretty the, good.
0: He's the Pitch Black guy. He also did a really, really cool supernatural World War Two movie called Below. David Towey was the one that introduced the prisoner aspect of the story. Okay. Then we got a guy called Vincent Ward. He was a writer writer slash director. And his pitch was the craziest of all, and his is the one that I got the furthest. He wanted the whole movie to be set on a, a wooden planet run by monks. Okay, that's that was his pitch. It was gonna be think of the Death Star, but it's uh it's got a metal covering And everything inside was going to be wood and it was going to be like high ceilings and a monastery, you know, lots of places to pray, lots of religious type aspects. Think of like 15th, 16th century Hieronymus Bosch paintings, which is what they were like uh, going for. And uh, that's the version I got the furthest before people were like, yeah, this is stupid. We're not doing this. And that's what David Fincher walked into. He was like, you know, the fourth director. In And with all these ideas that weren't his own, that he had to uh, kind of adapt uh, into a a working whole. Uh, One more thing I'll mention before I stop talking about this behind the scenes shit. Uh, Michael, Michael Bean, right? The guy that played uh, um, Hicks, uh, Hicks, right? Corporal Hicks. So when he found out that he wasn't going to be in the movie, he was like heartbroken. He was uh, he couldn't believe it. He thought for sure. You know, like he, he made it through the second one, you know, there's, there's it's kind of like agreed upon for sequels is that these main characters come back and it was going to be like the, you know, the Ripley and Hicks and Newt show. So when he found out that he was, in, you know, he wasn't going to be in it, he was just devastated, basically, because he's in he's in the making of the documentary. And, uh, he talks about how, uh, you know, he still had people that he knew that worked on this movie. And they were telling they told him that, like, oh, you know, they have a a dummy made of you <laughs> with a with a with a. <laughs> With a, with a chest, you know, burst. Like, the alien came out of you. And he immediately got his agent on the on the phone. He was like, fucking absolutely not. No, we're not doing that. I am not going to be the fucking person that, like, had the alien burst out of him. You're not using my likeness. Fuck all that shit. So what ended up happening, they're like, okay, fine. big grudgingly. They're like, we're not going to do that. That's why in the movie he's like, He's like hamburger, basically. Like he's yeah. Like you just, just see
1: like bits of bone and blood and yeah, yeah.
0: teeth and an eye. So finally, they're like, "Well, can we use your your picture?" Because in the theatrical version, they use a picture of him, and it says like they show him like a little picture for maybe like two seconds, and it says Corporal Hicks, you know, deceased, right? And he's like, "Okay, you can use that, but you got to fucking pay me, right?" So, they, so they went back and forth, and what ended up happening was that he got paid almost as much for just using his likeness. That little picture, yeah. as much as he got paid for Aliens, the entire movie, because apparently he did not get paid much for that movie at all. Oh no!
1: <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's fucking nuts. Just put him right. in the movie, make everybody happy. I know. Figure it out. You still have the same ending. You can still you can kill him throughout the movie. You can I even know. kill Newt throughout the movie, but at least let him be in it.
0: At least let him be in it. Let those you know. It just it's such a bummer. It's such a bummer. The whole movie is a bummer. It's uh, Aliens, <laughs> the bummer.
1: Before before we move on to final thoughts, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about this is I remember this pretty distinctly is that the TV spots and the trailers that they made for this movie was right at a time when they were sort of pushing the boundaries of language. And back in the early 90s, the only time that you would hear the word bitch was like on Saturday Night Live, you know, late at night or like a late night run movie, you'd hear the word bitch. But otherwise, yeah, but Otherwise, you would really only hear "damn" and rarely, right? The trailer for this movie, one of the trailers, movies, it's like it sets it up, and it's like you know, this is back, and this is back, and the bitch is back. And I remember that being on TV at like five thirty in the afternoon, like right before dinner time, and that was on TV, and like my mom hearing it from the other room, she's like, "What's going on in there?" <laughs> I like I didn't do anything. It's on TV. <laughs> Oh, when they
0: when they show the alien queen, they're like, "This yeah. bitch is
1: back!" <laughs>
0: oh, that's great, man. That's really funny.
1: So, so, give me your final thoughts on Alien Three.
0: Man, this is a this is this is going to be tough to verbalize. Uh, well, we we've given the last four movies we've watched, we've given perfect times. This is not going to get that. Oh, um, definitely not. <laughs> that being said, I am sorry that we watched the assembly cut tonight. I think that was a mistake. I think we should have just watched the theatrical. I think I would have enjoyed that more, and I may actually just revisit that. Not like soon, but because I can't rewatch this this shortly after we just watched it tonight. I I'm still going to recommend Aliens three if you're an Aliens uh, hardcore fan because I liked this movie as a as a kid. I, I appreciate what they were going for. I appreciate the uh, the newness they're trying to be trying to bring it back to the original. Granted, they didn't they didn't succeed with a lot of it. I I do enjoy the the atmosphere is fantastic. You know the gore is great. Uh, the acting, you know, continues to be awesome. Do I wish they would have went in a different direction or div- many different directions? Oh, absolutely. But um, I still appreciate it for what it is. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how I compare this to the rest of the series because we still have like three movies to watch in the series. Yeah,
1: we do. We have so, Resurrection, Prometheus, and Covenant.
0: Yeah, so I wonder how it's going to compare to those. I'm I'm very, very curious. But uh, as it is right now, I'm going to recommend it still.
1: Before I really get into how I feel about it, it's going to be a recommendation for me as well because at the heart of it, it's a trilogy. It's an alien trilogy. It's supposed to be a beginning to end type of thing. So you need to finish the trilogy at least once. Don't watch the fucking assembly cut. I'll say that right away. You know, it, it takes a long time for it to actually feel like an alien movie. And then when it gets there, it's just sort of okay. And, you know, I almost, I think the movie would have worked well for me if it wasn't an alien movie. Like I dug like the atmosphere and the look and stuff like that, but not for an alien movie. That didn't work for me. The fact that Hicks and Newt were killed right away, right before it, you know, before any you get to see him on screen, never sat well with me. It still doesn't. I didn't like it as a kid. I don't like it now. I can't ever see myself watching this one again. You can really just need to watch it once to complete the trilogy and just be done with it.
0: Yeah, that that beginning with Newton Hicks is a gut punch, man. That's uh, that's tough to recover from. I can not, I absolutely understand why you hated it as a kid, and like I said, I I didn't hate it as much as you. It, I just you know like it just made me sad.
1: Mm-hmm. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Review to Death. Thank you for listening, and we tell us what's coming up next.
0: Well, coming up next, we're sticking with the Alien franchise, and we're going to be watching Alien's Resurrection, which I'm very curious as to what our feelings are going to be on that movie, because I remember loving that as a kid, but I got a bad feeling about this. Pretty much all I got. Gladigators.
1: Alien 3. Sadness. (laughs) The sadness. (laughs) The saddening. (laughs) (laughs) The sad alien. (laughs) Alien 3, you're going to fucking hate the beginning, and then you're never going to like it afterwards.
0: Alien 3, bring some tissues, but not for what you think it is.